When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B-Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of your show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Welcome back to the NFC East Feast. It's your boy, B. And we are here with your first of four team previews we are going to do in the NFC East. We start with George's favorite team, the Washington Commanders. Oh, yeah, man. It's May 23rd, dude, and your boy's full of optimism, <laughs> as always, uh, for the Commanders going into the 2022 year. I can't wait. A uh, lot of lot of promising things happening in our, in our franchise, other than Dan Snyder. Um, uh, but we, we got a lot of look, a lot of things to look forward to. But really, what I'm looking forward to is is my partner to the right here, fellow Commander fan. John Warman, how are we doing, John? Oh man, I'm doing great. It's football season. It's uh, getting close to a hundred days out. I'm optimistic this year, George. I'm going to be riding oh, yeah. the high train with you, buddy. <laughs> I like I, it, dude. I, I like cannot it. wait, guys. If you recognize John's voice, he's been a contributor to the show the past couple of seasons, calling in, giving us some commander takes. This season coming forward, we are privileged enough to have him involved a little bit more. He's going to be hopping on the episodes because he's a knowledgeable NFC East fan. It kind of adds just some more flavor to the show. So we are we are uh, very honored to have him with us. Um, if you guys are cool, I want to dive into this um, and start off with the free agent frenzy that was the Washington Commanders. Because I saw uh, ProFootballFocus.com, they gave grades for the team off-seasons. And the Commanders got the worst grade, which is crazy because it was definitely should have been the Cowboys. But you guys got a C minus. I disagree. George, I want to start with you, and I want to start with the most obvious question. Carson Wentz, because I think he is a question mark. Are you excited about this? And how do you feel with Carson as the captain commander? You know, I'm 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 excited. Um, I'm also hesitant for let's say my my uh, my excitement with okay. with Wentz i think he was a premier quarterback at philly for a couple years i think the guy has an arm um that complements the receiving core very well based off of the speed that we have uh i think that we don't have that with heineke he doesn't have the big arm right. but i'll tell you one thing that Wentz has not proved is his grit so that is probably my biggest question mark on Wentz. Is he the tailored 6'4", big arm quarterback, drafted, what, number two overall? Yep. He's got all the accolades. I think the guy could definitely be a winner here in D.C., unfortunately Landover. Um, but, the, <laughs> but the guy really does his thing out there. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'd love to hear what John thinks about it. For sure. Yeah, maybe – well, maybe not Landover. I don't know if you guys saw a little breaking news today that they bought – a hundred million dollar piece of land in no Northern. Oh wow! They may, may not be land over Maryland. Come come Thank soon. Goodness, but, interesting. Dude, that place is a dump, yeah. dude. An absolute dump. <laughs> Literally, absolute dump. Well, that part of it's not changing this year. But no, I, I think I'm on the same train. Um, I think there's things to be excited about with with Wentz. Like George said, he's shown flashes, not even just with Philadelphia, but last year with Indy, um, mm-hmm. of being you know 
at least flashes of of a franchise like quarterback. He's big body, which you gotta love, and he can really get the ball down the field, which we haven't had pretty much in the last two seasons. Um, even going back to to Alex Smith, you know, with like the premier dink and dunk that we that we had there. So I yeah. think I think Carson will be fun to watch, and hopefully he can utilize the weapons on the team because we've been hearing for a couple of years that you know the team does have comparable weapons on offense. So I'd like to see him showcase those a little bit. Um, and hopefully, hopefully step into that role, show some grit and, and, and really show that he can be a franchise quarterback. Good stuff, fellas. I I think it's awesome that him getting another crack at the NFC East. Um, I I thought he played admirably in, in Indy last year, although it ended disastrously. I think Jim Irsay taking a cheap sock shot saying it was a mistake. I think Jim Irsay is an alcoholic, to be honest with you, but that's a different (laughs) podcast for another day. Um, But I want to uh, stick on the offense. Maybe, John, we can start with you this time. The other offensive moves that were made. Um, you re-signed J.D. McKissick. Love him as a receiver out of the backfield. But, of course, you lose Brandon Sheriff, probably your best player. How would you grade overall, and how do you feel about the rest of the offense other than Carson Wentz? Yeah, overall with the moves, I mean, you said that uh, PFF gave us a C minus. Yeah, I mean, I would, I probably would put us, you know, maybe C plus, B minus. I didn't think that it was uh, an amazing off season. I think um, losing Scherf kind of stinks, but for whatever reason, there was something there that I don't know if it will ever come out or not. I think I've told you this before, yeah, Brian. Yeah. There was there was something there that just wasn't jiving. He didn't want to be there. He played on. He pulled the Kirk Cousins. He played on the franchise tag <laughs> twice and then bowed out. Um, but you know, that was getting McKissick back after you lose a big piece like that. That was kind of a nice win for us. I don't know about oh, yeah. you, George, but it felt good seeing that, that kind of uh, breaking news reversal that he had signed with Buffalo. And then a couple days later, Oh, just kidding. Uh, Washington offered me a comparable deal. So I'm going back there. Um, that was nice. We don't get a lot of hometown discounts. We don't get a lot of guys <laughs> right. that want to come back all the time, especially if you could go play for a Super Bowl contender like Buffalo. Mm, true. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think JD wanted to be here, and mm. you don't see that a lot in DC whatsoever. Um, it kind of made me happy to see that maybe that's the culture in the locker room. Maybe it's a camaraderie amongst teammates. Um, it's great to see that, of course. I think you're going to see a lot out of JD out of the backfield. I think, and I hate to turn the corner here, and I know we're talking free agency, but yeah, I don't think you're going to see as much out of Antonio Gibson the way he fumbled last year. And mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting with Brian Robinson and and with JD and, and that backfield. If Antonio fumbles once or twice, dude, <laughs> you're not going to see much of him. Yeah, yeah it's very true. It's a, that is a talented running back room you guys have, and it's always that's a good position to have depth at. So I think that's something for uh, all of you uh, Commandalorians out there to uh, get excited about. I want to flip it over now to the defensive side of the ball where you guys lost some depth. Of course, you still have four first-round draft picks on that defensive line. In my opinion, probably still the best defensive line when healthy in the NFL. But you lose a guy like Matt Ioannidis. Actually, actually, yeah, Ioannidis left. And then Mm -hmm. um, Tim Settle was the other name I I was thinking of. Uh, George, will your defensive line be exposed for not being as strong as we all think without the bodies rotating in? Or are these guys talented enough where you guys could still maybe return to the elite of the NFL, maybe be top five in sacks? 
You know, and I think that a lot, a lot of that is on Chase Young's shoulders. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, oh, he was, he was hurt. And, you know, for most of the year, the dude played nine weeks and had one sack yeah. and maybe two pressures. So I, I think the guy missed OTAs last year as well. Uh, Chase Young needs to step up in a big way this year for this defensive line to work together. Montez on the other side has always been pretty, uh, he's done well back to back years. I can't oh, yeah. say anything, you know, bad about Montez, but everyone needs to step up. I don't think Tim Settle is a huge loss. I know lo- you love to mention Tim Settle a lot, B. I don't really the know forgotten why. forgotten man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think Phil, uh, Phil, Big Phil out of Bama, I know that was a suspect pick. I did a little research on him, okay. and they, they did mention that he is not a selfish player. The guy will take up double teams. He doesn't need to, you know, be the guy out there making every sack one-on-one. I, I, I do like Big Phil a lot. Not a uh-huh. sexy pick, but I think he's a lot better than Tim Settle. Ionitis, don't disagree with that. Huge loss. Uh, but I think Phil needs to go in there and definitely play his role for this to be successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I'm assuming we're to get to the line, maybe linebacker core, because that's going to mean a lot to the D line. But yes. I'll let Warman take it about the D line. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I mean, I think if anything, be- being so young on the defensive line last year, outside of the Chase Young uh, injury and and some of that shakeup, him uh, again, him not playing OTAs. Um, you know, I think that there was a huge expectation for them and there's nowhere to go but down, right? If you if you don't meet those standards. And uh, they were a young defensive roster or defensive line, especially even at that time. And uh, I think that they now have nowhere to go but up, right? This The talent is still there. Chase and Montez Sweat, you got big John Allen. Chase doesn't even have to be a leader on the defense because he can lean on John Allen for that. True. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Phil in there uh, who was also you know, a, a tackle with Alabama. We love our, our Alabama D tackles. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So he'll fit right in underneath Payne and, um, and Allen. And, and I'm sure um, outside of having, you know, a heavy rotation, that was really the loss I think of settle, right? Having a guy like settle, having a guy like Ionitis as two guys that you can trust uh, on the interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, so you lose a little bit of that rotation, but I think the most important thing is, is what George said. You know, it's time for for Chase Young to step up. This is going to be what his third year now uh, yep. with us. So, mm-hmm. kind of put up or shut up, man. We need him to play um, not just tough heads up football, but he's going to have to show the you know the playmaker that, that he's going to have to be a Pro Bowler, dude. Straight up, yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. He's going to have to be a Pro Bowler, absolutely. And I I think he's certainly that ty- type of talent. I will chalk it up to a sophomore slump. And I think that's maybe some of this heat that um, podcasts and other uh, sports outlets like ours have been given Chase Young, reminding him that he only had one sack in nine games. I think he's the kind of kid that fires him up. I expect him to return yeah. to his rookie um, level for sure. Um, now, George, am I missing anything? Did you guys make any moves? We'll go through the you know the, the familiar faces later. As far as the linebacking core, the DBs, or anything else maybe on the offensive side of the ball? As far as free agency, yeah. um, uh, pretty much it. Yeah, not that I yeah, can think I of, think man. That was the biggest disappointment for me in the offseason right. was that they didn't try to do anything, it looks like, as far as the linebacking core. Uh, 
you know, and that's any- a good seg- segue, I think, John, and and we were, I think, we were both expecting something out of the linebacking core uh, because we weren't happy what we saw. You know, tackling guys four to five to six mm-hmm. yards down the field every single play is it's mm-hmm. it's hard to see. And 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 Jack Del Rio complimented Cole Holcomb. He said he was overlooked, and he's one of the better backers in the league, and and uh, he he deserves respect. I, I do like Cole. I think he's going to manage the defense a lot better than they thought Jamin would. Mm-hmm. I think that they were dissatisfied with Jamin in the middle. He's not built like that. I think he's a sideline to sideline outside linebacker, solely outside linebacker because he is a freak athlete. He's definitely a freak athlete. We just got to let him run around and play football. I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to be able to make calls. He only played for like one year starting with Kentucky. You know, he ran off the film. The guy runs a 4-3-4-4. I get it. But he's not necessarily, uh, you know, mentally – you know, a guy that's going to make all those calls, a junior say, uh, or someone like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You could see that. You could see that in this play. Well, um, I know John's a little disappointed that you guys sat on your hands a little bit in free agency and didn't get um, more of a splash move, but I think you guys did make a splash in the draft. And that's where I want to segue to now. I'm just going to run through your guys draft real quick. And then maybe, um, you guys can, um, give me your opinion and then actually maybe, uh, Educate me a little bit on this draft. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, first round, you guys uh, get Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. I think he comes in immediately Jahan. and makes plays. Um, Jahan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> round two, you guys are going to have to help me out this name, too. Uh, is it Fidarian Mathis? Is that how you just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He goes by Phil. He goes by Phil, so it makes it easy for future rounds. All right. Big Phil yeah. Mathis, defensive yeah. tackle, Alabama. Round three, you guys stayed in Alabama. God, uh, do you guys love drafting Nick Saban players? Uh, you get um, <laughs> Brian Robinson, running back from Bama. Round four, you get Percy Butler, safety from Louisiana. Round five, I cannot believe that Sam Howell slipped this far, but you guys get the quarterback from North Carolina. Round six, Cole Turner, tight end from Nevada. Round seven, Chris Paul, a guard from Tulsa, thought he was a basketball player. Interesting pick there, guys. But um, overall... George, what's your grade on this draft and which guys really get you excited about the list I just named off? Oh, man. I, you know, it's funny. A lot of people had a draft as, you know, a C plus. A lot of them had a B plus. Mm-hmm. I, I truly think in this draft, it was not sexy. I would give it between a B plus and an A minus. Okay. I, I really think, and that's just not me being a purely an optimist, which I, which I definitely am. But I think that what you're going to see out of Brian Robinson and immediately out of Dotson, it's going to make sense. And I think that Brian Robinson is going to get seven, 800 yards this year. I really wow. trust this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like him. I don't, again, I don't think Antonio Gibson is going to take a backseat, uh, especially if he fumbles early. Sure. But no, Jahan Dotson will immediately make a six touchdowns, 800. I mean, you're, he's good for six, seven touchdowns, 800 yards. He He's shown it with Penn State with a below average quarterback with – uh, you know, below average team in general, he's, you know, he showed big numbers against Ohio State, the premier colleges, uh, you know, of college football. So yeah. I'm extremely excited the way he breaks in and out of routes, his speed, just him being an absolute football player. The guy just loves to play football. And that's what we need is guys that love to play football. He guy shows up first day to the, the training facility with a football in his hand, brings a football everywhere he goes. It's I'm super, I would say most excited about Jahan. Easy to say first round pick. Yeah. Love me some Percy Butler out of Louisiana, bro. 
Okay. Guys got good speed, good special teams. Um, and tight end out of Nevada, Nevada. I can't remember his name. Six, Cole seven. Turner, I think. Cole, Cole Turner. Yeah, Cole Turner. Because Logan, bro, Logan's ready week five. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be optimistic about that. Yeah. He's ready week five. He wants to that. be ready week one, but it's not happening. That's why they made that draft pick. Um, so we got to see something out of him. But yeah, I, over, overall, man, I'm, I'm super optimistic about this. How about you, John? Yeah, I am too. And and you mentioned all of the the couple of names that I was most excited about too. Uh, like you said, Jahan Dotson. The the reason that you can give this draft a high grade, in my opinion, is because they might not have been surface level needs. They might not have been the the stuff that kind of was screaming at you on our roster. But every single one of these guys, yeah, at least those top couple of picks, um, all the way down to possibly even Cole Turner, are going to come in and play day one. Um, I agree with you, Jahan Dotson's his catch radius uh, for being, you know, the Washington style wide receiver that we seem to love. We definitely have a type, right? It's yeah, it's, it's sure. below six foot and and fast, right? I think he runs like he's definitely sub four four. He might be down in the four twos. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing catch radius, and it's nice to finally have a compliment. Um, I don't know what the status of Curtis Samuel is. <laughs> like he's supposed to be healthy, but um, having somebody else that can steadily catch some footballs, especially when you got a guy like Carson Wentz who who can get it down the field, uh, that'll be a super help. Uh, Brian Robinson, I definitely agree with you, George. I'm excited about that addition. I wasn't at first; it was kind of a head scratcher move. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it, you know, uh, in Rivera's past uh, with Carolina, you know, they used to tout two running backs uh and re- most recently i forget uh, exactly which two it was but they had two running backs over a thousand yards um mm-hmm. in not, in the not too distant past uh so i don't think they'll be afraid uh, especially if antonio gibson shows fumbleitis again to give brian robinson plenty of carries they're both big bodies they both have a similar body style and somewhat of a similar running style downhill runners so hopefully we're wearing defenses down um you know over the course of football games yeah uh, and then, I saw a really interesting thing on Cole Turner. I was happy you're excited about him, George, because uh, saw somebody comp him to Jimmy Graham. Oh, uh, he's got a lot of weight to put on to ever get to, to Jimmy yeah. Graham's um, physicality. But watching him, he's got some really fun highlights. He's another person who catch radius. I mean, he's already got a big one at six 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 seven, but um, he he'll go up and get him. Uh, basketball player, you know, he boxes out well, so. Yeah, and he can. He's an athlete. You know, a lot of a lot of these guys that are are six seven that are, are even running faster forties than than Cole is. Uh, they're they're straight line runners. You could see that he can uh, like adjust to the ball. Uh, you know, he can run routes. You know, he, he, we have right now we have John Bates, bro. And we have yeah. Sammy Reyes that's played football for the first Sammy's. time last year. So, I mean, he's going to play right away, like Warren said. I'm, I am excited about that addition for the commanders. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, and I will say, dude, I just don't think the coaching staff and the front office is in love with Antonio Gibson, bro. He's going to leave very soon. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was getting that feeling, too, especially after that draft pick. I think yeah. that they just thought he was going to do something. You know, he was going to be a little bit more of a, a breakout athlete. Um, which yeah. he's got the body type to do it. You know, he was kind of an awkward wide receiver um, at his measurables, but there's just always, there's always, he leaves me wanting a little bit, I feel like. And apparently yeah. pro football focus said the same thing. He left a lot of yards on the table last year. 
Interesting. No, uh, something else that I saw on Brian Robinson is last year he finally got to start at Alabama. He racked up like 1,300 yards. Um, but he's got fresh legs. The past yep, three, does, yep. three, four years, he was sitting behind guys like um, Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. So, like, this guy's going to come and he's going to run hard. I already said you got, I, I love your running back room. Um, the tight end, I, was, I, w- I wasn't too familiar with Cole Turner, but I'm kind of excited about him now, guys. The proof is in the pudding. If you look at um, basketball players who have transitioned to the tight end uh, position of the NFL, we've got uh, Antonio Gates, uh, Tony mm-hmm. Gonzalez, Jimmy Graham. Like the list goes on. These are these those are probably Hall of Famers I just named off. So I like this kid, and I like um, what they did to help out Carson Wentz. Uh, what is concerning to me, though, is I don't think they helped block for him. And um, correct. Yep. I want to mm-hmm. get into your roster. And just kind of run down your starters real quick, and then we can get into a little bit more depth. But here are your starters right now um, as are currently listed. If you guys have any rebuttal on this, this is just um, NFL Network, so they might not be up to date. Quarterback one, Carson Wentz. Running back, Antonio Gibson. Three receiver set of Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson. They have Logan Thomas listed as your starting tight end. Obviously, he might not be there week one. And the area of concern for me goes left tackle Charles Leno, left guard Andrew Norwell, center Chase Roulier, right guard Wes Schweitzer, right tackle Big Samuel, Sam Cosme. Let's let's uh, let's marinate on the offense here for a second. John, do you think that offensive line is going to be able to hold up and keep Mr. Glass from breaking? <laughs> Mr. Glass, <laughs> Carson Wentz. Uh, no, I think that I think they will. Honestly, I think uh, okay. you know a couple of things that I've listened to. Um, they actually give the nod to that position group and that position, uh, the coaching group there, okay. as one of the better ones on our team. Um, and they've really put together, you know, despite injury and despite shuffling, uh, you know, guys all around that offensive line the last couple of years, whether it be free agency or injuries midseason. Um, I think they've done a really good job. Um, you know. Technically, um, I think Pro Football Focus had our offensive line ranked better than Indianapolis's last year. Um, wow. And Carson, yeah, and Carson had a pretty, um, a pretty decent uh, offensive line there. He did. Um, but from a pass blocking standpoint, I should say specifically, I think that we got a nod uh, just slightly above them. Okay. Um, it's definitely not any, you know, household names. Like, there's no nobody on that offensive line that's you know going to be getting a, a, a big break off contract here anytime soon. As a matter yeah. of fact, Chase uh, Leno. Uh, is kind of a journeyman. Um, And then, but we do have the one kid, Sam Cosme, who hopefully he he pans out to be a stellar right tackle for us over the next couple of years. I'd like to see him take another step. Uh Um, But no, I just a a rookie last year, right? The audit tech. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's another level to his game. I'm sure. Yeah. So, but I mean, I like some of the guys. Chase Roulier has been around a couple of years and we signed Norwell, right? Coming from Jacksonville. Yeah. The swap where, where, yeah, we pulled the old swap. So no, I'm, I'm not majorly concerned. I think that, uh, you know, some of those guys have been around, like I said, and and we've been able to navigate uh, the the injuries and stuff like that the last couple of years. So I think we'll be okay. And surprisingly enough, be the per- that's the that's the perception in the fan base of Washington, and and also a lot of the TV and media for whatever reason is is not too worried about this offensive line. I I think they stepped wow. up uh, last year. I I don't think they're. I wouldn't even put them top 15. I might put them 17, 18. Um, but they're not, they're not a, a horrible offensive line. I think Sam Cosme, hopefully he gets, he gets ready to go in healthy week one. I think he's going to be a great addition in year two. Um, I, I think I like Charles Leno, another journeyman. I really like Chase Rullier. I think, I think he could possibly 
be. Um, you know, maybe in the next couple of years, he's still young, a, a perennial or possibly a plan B pro bowler. Okay. Um, the guy's probably our best offensive lineman on our team right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, Agreed. I think Warmer would agree with that. Yeah, um, and, and so, yeah, I, I guess with Wentz holding the ball a little bit too long to make those down the field throws and and waiting too long and shuffling his feet in the pocket and running around we've all seen it we're not going to deny that that does happen we've seen it happen uh so he's just going to have to get the ball out and scott turner's just going to have to have a great game plan for him moving forward for sure you know you know the cowboys are going to be coming at you with uh Mm -hmm. with tank lawrence the eagles still got fletcher cox and those big boys on their defensive line and don't forget new york giants just drafted cave on thibodeau Top cool. 10 coming out of Oregon. So uh, Carson Wentz is going to have to get that ball out. Um, but c- as an outsider looking at your team, I am impressed with the confidence you guys have in your O-line. I don't think it's misplaced. I think that maybe I just look at the world with Cowboys colored lenses and I was <laughs> seeing it as a weakness. But I'm interested to see um, if they do perform at least an average level. I think that'll give Carson Wentz um, a chance to succeed. Um, let me run down your guys' defensive starters now. Uh, defensive end, Chase Young. Defensive tackles, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Defensive end, Montez Sweat. They got you here in just a two-linebacker set with Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis. <laughs> we go three corners deep with Kendall Fuller, William Jackson the third, and Benjamin St. Juiced. And the safeties, we got Cameron Curl and Bobby McCain. I think that's a hell of a defense when I look at that. I think that's a top 10 defense, although it's lacking a little bit of depth. I'm sure there's maybe a few guys you could tell me about that aren't on that starting eleven. But I think that you guys are going to return to much more of the 2020 form of that defense. George, are you feeling confident after I read off that list? Yeah, I, I do feel confident. I think the only question mark for me is is our back end a little bit. I think mm-hmm. we made a, uh, you know, William Jackson the uh, third, you know, Kendall Fuller, you know, those those they really got to come through for us. Um, I'm I'm kind of glad that we didn't make. The, an, an offer to James Bradbury. I don't really feel like he fits our scheme. So oh, totally okay to pass on him. Um, but yeah, the back end's the biggest question mark. Defensive line obviously needs to come back from, from, you know, two years ago and do their thing. Linebackers core, I feel optimistic about them. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot better than last year. I think Jamin just needed a year under his belt and he's going to be able to run around the field and make quicker decisions. I do like Cole Holcomb going in this year as well. So yeah, I think my big question mark is definitely the back end. How about you, John? Yeah, I would. I, if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't make any moves at linebacker, I think I chuckled yeah. there because I think that's why they're only listing two linebackers. We play a, <laughs> yeah. a base for yeah. three, um, but I just don't. I don't think we have anybody that we know is going to be the. the <laughs> is the OJ third Mayo coming back? Starter. Yeah, yeah, Mayo will he be is. back. Okay, and I think that's who they kind of are projecting. But then there's another kid, and I can't remember the name specifically off my head. But. Uh, He's been basically a special teamer for us. He's been good, but he's not starting caliber um, that they think they'll rotate in. Um, No, I I think the defense will be solid um, other than than the depth issues. Um, You know, as long as the players who who we need to make plays are, you know, playing at a high level. um, Kalik Hudson, sorry. Yeah, it is Kalik. That's it, yeah. Uh, And if Jamin Davis and some of the younger guys can continue to make make strides forward, then yeah, I do think we can, um, we can get back to that kind of 2020 expectation. Um, and that 2020 flash that we had as a defense. Um, but like I said, the nice thing too, is that there's nowhere to go from up. Cause I think we were like 27th worst defense in the league. <laughs> um, Especially past defense. Yes. Do either of you guys have a desire to bring back Landon Collins? He's still floating around out there or are you ready to wash your hands of him? 
No, dude, I, I I like Landon. I don't like to pay him. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. You know, I I I think Landon is going to start realizing that Landon is not going to make money as much money as he thinks he is. Yeah, and when that finally happens, and it and it finally clicks in his head that maybe this is the best spot for him, so he doesn't have to move and make maybe make a million or two million dollars more and move his family and all that. I think Landon wants to be here. I think he's great for the locker room. I think he's used to it. I I, I don't see. I would actually be surprised if he doesn't come back. Be surprised if he doesn't come back. Doesn't wow. come How about back. you, John? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's uh, there's only so much more time left in free agency, right? And and if nobody went out and grabbed him, to George's point, it, it's how long is it going to take him to realize that nobody's going to want to pay right the top dollar that he's looking for? We already overpaid for him once, so <laughs> yeah. <you> know, <laughs> so yeah. But uh, honestly, once he kind of it, it it seemed like at least. Um, in the media, he kind of tried to make it seem as though he wasn't interested in that hybrid role that they were kind of trying to get him to be in, but yeah. he played the best Dude, that he played. played for us, arguably, yeah. at the end of the year when he was kind of in that role. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, it's I would an ego thing, I think, dude. Yeah, I think it's an so. ego thing for like, I, I want to be a free safety. Like, I want to, you know, have deep third. I want to control, the, you know, the back end. It's such an ego thing. That's just not who he is anymore. He's thick, bro. That's yeah, jacked up, man. He's a big dude. That guy's that guy's not a free safety, man. He's yeah. just not. It's funny yeah. that you mentioned uh, ego, George, because I th- want to say that his Instagram handle is like the humble one or the yeah. humble twenty one. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely is. <laughs> um, is there any names out of that starting twenty two? Um, any other names I should say that get you guys excited? Any any guys who are going to rotate in at, at DB, linebacker, receiver, um, anywhere else that you think are going to make a big impact on this team? Uh, I would say, dude, I, I like St. Juice a lot, man. I, I'm that's looking the name forward I was to say. <laughs> that's like yeah. robbing it. Cause I think me and John know, and I'm just like, I'm going to jump in here, but no St. Juice. Uh, he had a promising, uh, mini camp. He had a promising training camp last year. He was doing a lot of things. A lot of people were excited about him, uh, moving into last year. And so I'm excited what, what I'm going to see out of him. And then, uh, as far as like rookies, I really like me some Percy Butler out of, out of Louisiana. Yeah, I think Percy's got a good uh, good opportunity to flash on the um, on the special team side of the ball. Um, when I tried to look up his highlights on draft night, I couldn't find out if I was looking at the right guy because there were no cornerback highlights. It was only, uh, or sorry, uh, <laughs> no safety or uh, defensive back highlights. They were all um, special team stuff because he's really? he's that good as a gunner. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he made some stellar plays and. Um, Gosh, there's been so many years as a Washington fan where special teams for us has been atrocious, um, and it can hurt you at times. So it's not a sexy pick like like most of our draft picks weren't this year, but he'll definitely be fun to watch. But St. Juice, it, the concussion thing last year kind of yeah, sidelined yeah, him, but I was very weird. excited about him. I heard I can't remember what the take was, but somebody was talking about how long longer than the DMV line, basically. <laughs> he's, he is. He's a lanky hey. kid. He's got playmaking ability. Real quick uh, question for Warman: What what is your favorite special teams player from the previous Washington Redskins team of all time? Oh, I mean, does Sean Taylor count? That's that's kind of an easy one. I feel he like counts, yeah. I think he counts for as a play. He puts a play at same. He counts. No, honestly, dude, mine was Brian Mitchell. Yeah, Ooh, um, as yeah. a kid, Brian Mitchell was my guy, uh, and he's actually from the exact same town that Percy Butler's from. Oh, perfect. And they're both Stat special the team studs. Yeah. There we <laughs> so go. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. 
So speaking of special teams, when I think of the Washington, whether it's the, the, the skins, the football team, or now the commanders, I think of that carousel of clowns you guys have at the kicker position. And I did have to Google it, <laughs> but I do believe that Joey Sly is your kicker. He's a whole, he came I in like at the end Joey of last year. Joey Sly, yeah. I thought performed admirably. I think that's it. I think you guys actually found a decent one. Yeah. I, w- I was not happy when we let Dustin Hopkins go. And then especially because he seemed i never had an issue with him i know yeah, some people did right. but he seemed like he played really well he plugged in right over in uh in san diego and was making big time kicks for them i knew um, he did so. what happened to when he so. left dude i knew he was gonna <laughs> yeah. start showing out that's what i mean pretty much everybody leaving washington always shows out when they leave so yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth all right guys i want to end it up i'm just gonna run through your 18 game schedule real quick and then at the end maybe i'll give a little win-loss record um, but but more importantly, I want to see what you guys have to say about um, your season long outlook. Although it's only May, you know we're excited. Uh, so week one, you guys host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week two, you traveled to Detroit to play the Detroit Lions. Week three, you open up your divisional games by hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Week four, you fly to the Lone Star State to play my Dallas Cowboys. Week five, you're back home to play the Titans. Week six, you're playing the Monsters of the Midway, the Bears up in Soldier Field. Week seven, you guys host the Green Bay Packers. Week eight, you go to Indy. Carson Wentz, get ready for the booze to play the Colts. Week nine, you guys host the Minnesota Vikings. Week 10, on Monday Night Football, you travel to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Week 11, you're back in Texas, this time to play the Houston Texans. Week 12, you host the Atlanta Falcons. Week 13, you travel to New York, or should I say New Jersey, to play the New York Football Giants. Week 14 is your bye, and I find this very interesting. Then coming out of your bye, you play the Giants again. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh-huh. Hypothetically, play them <laughs> twice in a row. Um, on the back end of that doubleheader, you will be hosting them. Week 16, travel out to the Bay Area to play the Niners. Week 17, you host the Cleveland Browns, and oh my goodness, of course we had to end Week 18 <laughs> hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Decide the division. Yeah, I, I think it will. Um, John, you're our guest. Why don't you go first? After me running down those 18 games, what are you optimistic? I know that the Cowboys and the, uh, the Commanders have the easiest schedule. What do you think of a win-loss record and just the team overall after we went through this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely optimistic. Um, usually I'm more of a middle-of-the-road um, and it can sometimes be hard with the franchise and the offseason <laughs> noise that we make um, to, to be optimistic. But I think to sum up you know, our conversation tonight, the addition of Carson Wentz and having a competent quarterback that can get the ball down the mm-hmm. field, and then you combine that with the you know literally the, the easiest, you know, technically on paper based on last season schedule, um, there's no reason that we shouldn't have 10, uh, 10 wins. Okay. Uh, we should we should add three wins by adding competent quarterback play, if not more. So I'm I'm very comfortable saying that we go ten and seven. A respectable ten and seven. I think that gets you into the playoffs. It might win you the division, get you a home playoff game. George, are you as high on the Commanders as John? 
Yeah, I, I think that schedule is advantageous to us. I think that uh, buy is probably the only negative, the buy being so late in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is one thing I've noticed, but it's a complete advantage for us to play the Giants, have a bye week, and then play the Giants again when they don't have that same buy. So I, I at least see us getting one out of two, if not two out of two of those games. Two out of two easy with the boys. Um, and then oh. I'll add to say... <laughs> no, I, I, um, easy. I will, I'll go ahead and say... I'll, I'll go... I'll mimic John and I'll, I'll go 10 and seven here. I think it's a possibility for us to win 11 games. And I also think it's a possibility for us to win seven games. So yeah. I, I, I'm excited about Wentz. Do I think Wentz is going to start every single game for the commanders? Ah, I don't know, but, but, but I will say that I'm confident in our quarterback room. I really am for sure. Yeah, I mean, you got a competent quarterback who's won football games for you before. Um, I'm going to go. I think you guys are a coin flip nine and eight, eight and nine team. I think going into that week 18 game against Dallas, you're going to have to win that game. If not, to just get a wild card, maybe that game could be their division. You never know. Everyone's really high in Philadelphia. We'll get into their roster another time, but mm-hmm. Philadelphia could be an injury or two away of, of plummeting. So that game is, could have huge uh, playoff implications. I think if it goes the commander's way, they go nine and eight, sneak into the playoffs. If not, they're respectful still at just a below 500 team. I expect you guys to bounce back in a big way. And I, I can't wait for just some more competitive games in the NFC East this year. And Ron, is, is Ron still there, John, if it were below 500? Yeah, I don't know. That's Ooh, a tough one. That's why I think, I think uh, the fact that we have such an easy schedule can be, uh, could end up being a huge burden on the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. If just like look at week four, you get out to week four, and you guys were joking before we got on the show that hey, we we could be looking at a three and zero start, which would be wonderful. But yeah. we could also, I mean, Jacksonville, they're going to have a lot to play for. Yeah. Right. No, There's been sure. a, a huge yeah. turnover. Uh, last year was just abysmal for that team. Um, they're, they do have to come up to us in week one, and then you turn around and you play Detroit. I mean, they're biting kneecaps off up there still, you know? Literally. So, Shout out to Dan Campbell. Yeah, that That's the scariest thing to me is, you know, as, as high and optimistic as I am on them, would it completely shock me if we started 0-2? And, and then that's when you start working. It really I don't know. Do. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if we would, if we fire Ron unless the season really kind of goes on a slide, but it th- there could be a couple of tests early to, you know, <laughs> to take it that direction. I just had a thought that it didn't dawn on me before. Um, Now I'm actually getting excited for your week one game. Week one against Jacksonville, that's going to be Doug Peterson versus Carson Wentz, two guys Mm -hmm. who know each other very well. Um, The return of Brandon Scherf. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't think of that. That's an interesting game. Yeah, Yeah, there's some storylines. No, I mean, Carson's got... Uh, Matt, he's got a showdown with Doug Peterson. He's obviously got to go play Philly, or he's got to play go go to Philly. Um, but then obviously they've got to come to us. So those will be two big games for him to be high on. Um, and then we also play Indianapolis. So a lot of Carson's going to have some tests this year. Um, you know, he's going to have some some people he's going to want to show out in front of. I think he does. I mean, I, th- I think he I think he has a good year um, for you guys. Similar, I think he has a similar year he had to Indy, which he was you know a couple plays from the postseason. Um, guys, this was so much fun. John, having you on, um, you're like a seasoned pro. I don't know if you've been practicing um, in the mirror or something, but but you killed it, brother. I can't wait to uh, to, <laughs> Thanks, to um, have you on. Uh, we're guys, we're gonna do a team preview 
um, every month. Um, so we'll do the probably the I want to say the Giants or the Eagles in, in June and July. Maybe finish up with my Dallas Cowboys in August. And then September, we're right back into weekly episodes. I, I cannot wait. Um, George, I appreciate you as always. Um, any closing thoughts you guys got on the Commanders? Um, I will say I'm more than likely going to go to that week one game, so I'm excited about that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, was, man, I'm just excited for football. Feels like it's right around the corner already. It does, man. I get mini camp. Um, it's just good to see the guys out there um, just with, with some shoulder pads, or even without shoulder pads, I should say. All right, boys. We appreciate you. We'll see you guys next month with our part two of the team previews. NFC East. Peace.